They call themselves the Bad Batch. Hunter, the leader. Wrecker, the brawler. Echo, the hacker. Tech, the specialist. Crosshair, the marksman. This is the Bad Batch Talk. Good day, everybody. How are we? Back on uh, the Bad Batch Talk with episode four. I'm joined by Brenton. How are we, sir? Hello, mate. I'm good. And joined by one of our other brothers from another mother, Jimmy. How are you, bro? Oh, good, good. That's good. So, breakdown of uh, episode three. Yep, hit me with it. Yep. All right, so they've they've crash-landed on the planet for urgent repairs. They've met up with the auto moon dragon to get back their uh, their part for the ship. Yes. Then we see Crosshair take his squad to Onderon to take out the insurgents there, which we know to be Sorgeraris troopers. Yeah. And then after that, basically, all repairs done the ship and they're off planet. Where are, where are they off to now? We've also discovered they're off to another planet, but... It, don't quite get there. That's sort of what they do on this show, isn't it? Correct. They just go to different planets and yep. do things. Yep. Seems to be an ongoing issue. Yeah. Maybe they just stay in the one place. <laughs> find a planet and stay there. Well, after they after they get through their issue, they tend to um, kind of not really have much of an issue where they are, and they tend to make more of an issue as soon as they leave. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. All right, I'll do a run-through of this episode. It was called Cornered because they were cornered. Apparently. Apparently so. Yes. It was nice to see a planet with corners. Too often there's a Star Wars planet and there's nothing there but trees or snow or sand. So it was cool to see a planet with a little bit of population. So we start off with Clone Force 99 and Omega, or Omega, or Omega, 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 landing on Pantora, which is a moon that orbits the planet Auto. Platonia in the Outer Rim. Platonia was the focus of a Clone Wars Season 4 episode, which saw Ahsoka work with the world's leaders to overcome a Trade Federation blockade. So we're returning to a planet we have seen before. I'm going to have to go back and watch that episode, just cause. While we're there, Omega and the gang land to refuel and scramble their ship's signature key uh, to avoid being tracked. Because now that the Empire is taking over they're going to be looking for these peoples uh pantora is firmly under the control of the galactic empire they we see a little battalion of clones marching through and we also see the uh the new vice admiral ramparts hologram and he's spouting that same old rhetoric talking about chain codes and joining the empire and all that fancy stuff uh where they land, we see a, uh, which is called Row Station. That's where they land. And it was very, uh, it was very Tatooine, uh, which is awesome. I sort of like the, the rhyming where it's like, it looks like Tatooine, but it's like there's a little bit of green and stuff. So I really like that. That stood out to me. I thought it was cool. I think most of, most of those um, out-of-world space ports generally are kind of the same design. I reckon they buy them from like a, a space Ikea. Like a, a, and they, they go in there and it's all like a, a kit form and it doesn't matter where you build it. And then if you build it near the green stuff, the trees grow. If you build it near the sand, the sand gets in there and gets in all the crevices. Well, I suppose for different sort of races around the universe, all spaceports look the same. So it might, might help them, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Space Ikea. So we see a Celestian. He is the, the depot manager. His name is Raspar Six. I don't know what happened to the other five. Clones. 
you reckon? Who knows? Why not? Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be a Celestian. Or maybe it was the fifth child or sixth child of the litter. Yeah, and they just they're just lazy. They don't they couldn't name their kids, so they're just like, well, we're, a, we're the family name's Raspar, and you're one, and you're six, unfortunately. <laughs> but they've got all the like it's like a pug dog. They've got all the like the facial flaps. I I just like yeah. that classic I, pancake look. Yeah. Pancake stack. Pancake face. <laughs> <laughs> uh man, imagine washing that. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't want to be on I suppose you're better off on um, this planet, Pantora, than like on Tatooine with sand and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so we see Tech and Wrecker. They pay Old Mate off because they don't want him scanning the ship. Uh, but he gets uh, a little bit double-crossy and he contacts a uh, certain little bounty hunter that we've seen before, but 25 years in the future. Fennec Shand. Yeah, so Fennec Shand rocks up. And she is on a mission to capture Omega. But we don't know who sent her. We would assume that it's the Camonians. Camonoans. <laughs> <laughs> We've just had this chat. So I said it on purpose. Well, I even threw it out there on TikTok to see uh, what other people would uh, say as a pronunciation. We is did. It? Yep. We threw it on TikTok and we got a few responses. And the correct way to say it is? Camonoan. Camonoan. According to TikTok. Thank you. Important facet of information is now TikTok. It doesn't take Fennec to reach up with uh, Clone Force 99 and uh, she manages to get her hands on uh, Omega fairly quickly. The reason that is that Omega and Hunter, as well as Echo, go off to try and sell some parts so that they can buy some... uh, What are they after? Like food and stuff, right? Yeah, they're after the low on supplies. They just need food. They literally have no food. Right, so they're trying to buy food and things. Uh, they managed to sell Echo, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was such a great little spot. It just got you as well wearing a, a welder's mask. Yeah, and I th- I, when I looked at it, I'm like, man, he looks like a droid. And I'm like, oh, yeah. He yes. basically is. He's supposed to be. And I think you got to see him from the waist down where you can actually see that he does have yeah. robot legs. Yeah. So he, he fitted the whole droid thing really well and he, he got sold as a droid. He looked great as a droid. I thought that was a great costume, like or, or outfit that he had on. Like I just liked it. I, I enjoyed his his, his gruff, um, cranky, not impressed Echo attitude. Yeah, and it, clearly he was worth more than what they uh, <laughs> got for him. That was a great fit in it. Where he's like two thousand, he's like I'm worth more than that. Come on, like. what did he go for? Like four, and he's like three and a half or three. Three. Yeah. So he wanted four, and then old mate uh, who was a um a Gan. Yes. Uh, yes. He went for three. So yeah. got 3,000 credits for Echo the droid. Uh, I really love the the costumes are getting changed up a bit. They're not always in their armour and even multiple different costumes. So I wonder if we'll see this costume that Echo had today yeah. pop up again. Well, even Hunter. Hunter's just gone for that, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone kind of look. Well, that's because he is. Yeah, and pretty, he, pretty if, much. If he's not based on Stallone and, and Rambo, then... Know, I'll stand. Well, it's not often you see, uh, you know, Stallone get bested by a female uh, character, but, you know, Fennec Shand is quite the opponent. So, as I mentioned before, it's 20 or 25-ish years before we see her in Mandalorian. I find it odd she's wearing the exact same outfit after 25 years. I would have liked a bit of variety there, but I guess they had to do that so people would go, oh, it's that character from that show. Well, look at Boba Fett. Uh, Django Fett. Yeah, well, of course. Like they, you know, for 
Did we see them 25 years in between? I suppose. We'll look at Dango. Dango's had many different outfits before he's wore his uh, classic uh, outfit. Well, that's that's hey, that's exactly true, man. Yeah. Like in Clone Wars, he's not wearing the regular armor he's wearing in uh, no. in the other in the other stuff. Okie dokie. So, whilst Echo is in there being uh, sold, Omega is looking at these cool little clone trooper dolls, and then she gets distracted by some cool little animals on a cart. And then she gets distracted by a woman <laughs> who wants to kidnap her. There's some pretty, uh, there's some pretty big violence in this episode. Well, we'll get to that though. Yeah. I'll finish doing the breakdown of the, uh, the 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 plot and stuff. So Omega's separated uh, from Hunter while uh, chasing after the pair of they're called Vorpax. Uh, interesting little thing: a Vorpak is the fur that. Kira wears in Solo around her neck. So, but Omega's a little bit more experienced after her uh, near-death experience with the Nexu on Seleucami in episode two. Seleucami. Uh, Seleucami. That's one of our favourite words, isn't it? Uh, but that doesn't mean she knows better than to trust the seemingly nice uh, lady who offers her help uh, while she's missing in the Hustle and bustle of the city. Hunter, on the other hand, realises that uh, Fennec is trouble the moment he sees her. She's uh, heavily armoured, after all, and gets into a shootout that quickly evolves into a brutal knife fight. Uh, Fennec's uh, skill set and talent in close quarter combat uh, allows her to knock Hunter out and later wreck her when she encounters the, uh, the big brute in the city's underground maintenance tunnels. So... Omega manages to flee and she gets down in those said tunnels. Uh, Rekka runs into her and it was a quite a good moment where he's like, come with me, we're getting out of here. This is, I'm here to help. She runs off with Rekka and uh, it's a nice little venture back to the conclusion from the last episode where we see Rekka build the room for her on the ship. There's also another little little thing that you mentioned last episode Um you wouldn't mind seeing her go off and have their have her own little thing with certain little different characters. I guess in a sort of little way, this is her own little yep. small tiny adventure with with that, with that one with Rekka. Yeah, yeah. No, I want I want to see more of that. I was actually pretty pretty happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was also very happy. Uh, and then he he says to Fennec, "You mess with the kid, and you mess with me." So I really love the progression that Rekka's made. Uh, and again, later in the episode, he uh, he sort of stands up for her or or tells off Tech. Or uh, not scaring the kid, which I thought was really cool. So, Fennec then manages to uh, knock him out with a quick, uh, quick hit to the head. She owned him. Yeah, and what I think that I got a feeling what they're sort of getting at there is with the other uh, last couple of episodes, we see a lot of Wrecker copping a lot of damage to the head. I think it's going to come into play where he keeps getting these head injuries, and it's going to affect his uh, chip. One way or another, I got a feeling that's where it's going. Well, to, to that, or um, he's uh, suffering from his um, augmentation just as being yeah. an altered clone. Yeah. So we get into a huge chase now. Uh, Fennec chases Omega up the uh, maintenance tower and uh, throws her into a uh, passing vehicle uh, before hopping on board herself. And it's a uh, it's a very Attack of the Clones inspired chase in this with the the speeder bikes and the cars and the. The high and the 
off the ground bit. That's the scary bit. And all the lasers and stuff. And what I really loved about it was the uh, involvement of the police officers of the, the planet. Yeah. So it wasn't just like clone troopers. It was like the actual... Actual, the actual police of the planet. Yeah, it was actually the, the enforcement of the planet. I think that was great that they're, that they're involved and it's not just like... It's not just Star Wars where there's stormtroopers, you know? Like it's a little bit more uh, world building where the, these planets... Of course, the Empire's got their hold on all these planets, but they've got to have their own internal security forces which are taking care of these like day-to-day sort of things. Well, this is, this, this is also a really good um, suggestion of how, how extreme... Well, or how unprepared the Empire is of trying to take over the whole galaxy um, from Republic to, to the Empire. They're still doing a pretty good job. Oh, yeah. So obviously, there's no real danger here because Omega and Fennec, we know Fennec doesn't get killed. She pops up later. And Omega's not going to get killed off. But it's still a pretty invigorating whole scene, I feel like. Uh, there's still some stakes, even with Hunter chasing after with the, the speeder bikes. So the, the violence I was talking about was like Fennec throws a guy out of his vehicle. Just some random dude just cruising down <laughs> the strip. And I'm sure he uh, I'm sure he didn't land on his feet. Well, um, they, look, they look like they're about seven or eight stories up at least. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have mattered even if he did. Yeah. He's gone. Old <laughs> mate's an Easter egg on the ground, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say his knees buckled. And then she shot pretty violently the, the police officers. They uh, copped Shot one. one, killed him, yeah. which then took out the one next to him. Yeah, so that's, well, that's some violent stuff. I also like that um, they kind of show the the Pantoran uh, police force, so that nice blue colour, because uh, we uh, see that in the Clone Wars. Yep. I think it was... Were they the same race as... Yeah. Um, Hang on, let me, let me get they, it They've got that very blue Cree look. Yeah, but I'm pretty certain... Oh, man, I'll have to look this up. It's where they fight... Um, the governor of Pentora is with the senator, and they've gone onto the snow planet where they meet um, those the white, those white furry I thought, creatures. I thought the Pentoran race themselves were all blue. Well, that's what I thought too. I, I got a feeling they are. And what I'm thinking, though, in Attack of the Clones... We see Pentorans. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Pretty uh, sure it's in with the, the senators, isn't it? I'd say I so. I think so, yeah. But I'm fairly certain it's George Lucas plays one. He does. He does. He's got one on the um like a headdress sort of thing on like a big hat. Um almost looks like a chef hat. Oh, it's in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Right. And Yep. George Lucas has a quick cameo in Star Wars episode three Revenge of the Sith. And uh, you can spot him. He's walking into the, I think it's the... The Senate building. I know. Uh, is, it, huh? is it not the opera? Oh, yes, it is. Yes. It, it is, yes. And he plays Baron Papanodia. And uh, he is a blue-skinned Pantorian man. So there you go. Boom. That's, that's another little connection there. Look at us, Star Warsing. So let me go back to this. All right, so we talked a little bit about Echo. He gets his own subplot. With uh, being masquerading as a droid. So, while uh, Rekka and Hunter are off taking on Fennec, Tech is trying to get the ship back together. He's managed to find the piece that he needs uh, with the help of Rekka. I think this is before Rekka goes off and and uh, goes after... Omega. Omega. Um, Tech then states that uh, he's the ship is in no state to be flown because Hunter's in, uh, instructed him to get it ready so they can take off out of there as quick as possible. So 
Echo brings his little army of newfound friends at the uh, the pawn shop. I kind of find that funny because you got the C-3PO character there yep. who's still a little bit flighty, a little bit, you know, I've got to do things like how, what the hell our master says so, you know, that's breaking the law. We can't do that. Yep. And Echo's attitude kind of reminds you of R2-D2. It's sort of like chalk and cheese of those two. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's, sure. that's, what, that's the feeling I get. So... We see the droids come. Uh, Echo's managed to take their restraining bolts off because uh, the 3PO-esque droid says, what, well, we what, can't What does anywhere. he use, Brenton? He uses his little uh, power tool on the end of his what wrist. Do you, what do you call it? Scomp. The scump. <laughs> it's a scomp. <laughs> a uh, screwdriver stump. Um, stump. Stump. Oh, so it is scomp. Uh, that is the, that's what it's called when R2 uh, sticks his little thing into the Death Star. Hey, baby. Surprised he just doesn't have a hand with like a like a one of those uh, scum things inside of it. A little like comes out of his knuckles. So it has or, he, or his hand just comes down. Why doesn't he have scum. a hand? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it, you'd think it'd be more useful for him. Yeah, I don't know because even if you had like a robot hand and it could fold over and the scum could come out like you know from his. Well, that's what I mean. Oh yeah, it, it's. Maybe something we might see in the future. Maybe. There must be a reason. I want reasons, goddammit. Well, when you think about it, Clone Force 99 each have their own specialty. I'm going to that later. Maybe that's what they're trying to accentuate, that they each have their own specialty and they're is just it, adding to it. Is it's just, you can scomp and that's it. You can shoot one hand, scomp the other. <laughs> <laughs> we see him take the restraining bolts and he marches them out uh, in front of the, the owner of the shop and he tells the owner that he got a bargain. Uh, for the price that he paid for Echo. We see him march the droids off to the ship and they get putting the ship back together. What I loved about those little droids was the one with the arms and the legs. He looked so cool. He was like, you know... It was so epic. He was so mashed together. Because his name was... Oh, I've, I've lost it now. I did have it. Uh, he, he, he had a name and I'm pretty sure it was... Sort of a, a nod to another character, but I can't recall. Might have been from like one of the race squadron books. I could be talking shit. I can't remember. I remember that something pop up. All right, so pretty much almost rocks up that episode. We see uh, them get back to the ship and they take off and probably are going to land on another planet or moon <laughs> next episode. Uh, who do we think Fennec's employer might be? Do you reckon it's the? I have I have a feeling. Camino. It's the it's the Kaminoan scientist. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling it's a uh, because it's not doesn't feel like that's really obvious. Yeah, it probably really is obvious. Um, that but they don't give too much away because when you really think about it, the, the Empire, or, or you got two people who are mainly after Omega is the Empire, and uh, and the um the Kaminoans they yeah. they want her back for, you know, for a further plot. Yes, so Prime Minister Lamassu and Chief Scientist Nala Say, uh, they want to continue their efforts to develop a superior clone. So what I think with Omega is she is the... All of the Bad Batch, all of their traits, so they, they worked out that they could isolate the traits of the clones and improve it. So was it Hunter's got the tracking, all the, the sensors, and then... Crosshair has the ability to shoot really well. And then Tech has the... Tech. Well, the heightened the heart intelligence. The heightened intelligence. <coughs> and then Wrecker has the strength, right? What 
Amiga is, what we're yet to see, she has all of that. So quite, quite possibly, yeah. So it's sort of like the Bad Batch aren't actually bad. The Bad Batch, they are... The Test the, Batch. The Test Batch. They are the Better Batch. Yeah. Right? And now that they're able to isolate those powers or abilities in each of them individually, she was actually created with all those things boosted up inside her. Uh, which some people might cry a little bit. It's like, oh, it's Mary Sue, she can do anything. It's like, yeah, but it's different when you when you build the character up and you give her a, an actual story to get her to that position. You know? Yeah, that's right. Uh so another thing that it's unlikely is Rampart is someone who hired Fennec to track down Omega because he would sort of know about who she is and so would Tarkin to a degree if they were there when uh, Omega was seen uh, on Kamino. Well, it's also a task that Tarkin just, you know, probably couldn't be bothered wasting his time with it below him, so why not get a subordinate to yeah. sort all that out? So we've also seen this style before very... So, like what? Well, look at uh, Padme Amidala. Yep. Well, you know, Sidious, uh, Plagueis wanted uh, her dead, got Sidious to organise it, and then Sidious got uh, um, Count Dooku to organise it. Count Dooku <laughs> organised Jango Fett to do it, and then Jango Fett organised... Uh, Passing the buck. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can kind of see where I'm going with this? Yeah. I mean, it's always a Star Wars way. You just that's what bounty hunters are for. Exactly. Do your thing and then go just, off and just, just hire a subby and then that yeah, subby hires another subby. Yeah. Yeah. Levels of subbies. Subby on subby on subby. Um All right. Well, cornered ends with Clone Force ninety nine, realizing that someone is after Omega, but it's not expressly uh clear who. And it's time for them to do their own of detective work so i'd say in the next couple episodes we're going to see and find out who who exactly is after her and um what they want with her all right some little uh easter eggy things that i found on the interwebs so in the episode where we get to pandora Pandora or Pentora? I think it's Pentora. What did I say? Pandora, like the box. Oh, no, I meant Pentora. Pantora. Isn't there a band called Pentora? Yeah, of course okay. there is. Classic yeah. bloody heavy metal band. Ah, of course, that's right. Yeah. Oh, no, you're talking about Pantera. Pantera. It's Pantera. Yeah. Pentora. That's right. <laughs> Look at us, man. Man, I, I only questioned it. You gave the answer. Yeah, I know. And then I kind of just thought, oh, no. I'm <laughs> caught up in the Star Wars moment. It's Pantera. All right, so again, we see Gonky, who is the uh, resident droid of the ship. And he's a gonk droid. And still does sweet FA. He does nothing, man. He's just one lazy droid. Gonk. Uh, gonk. 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 Pantora, we talked about. So it's popped up again a couple of different places. Uh, apparently... Um, Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker were accompanied by the Moon's officials while investigating disappearing clone troopers in Season 1. There's another. I'll have to go back and watch that. Um, so the blue-skinned race of Pantorians, uh, similar to Thrawn's race, the Chiss. I really hope one day we'll um, get some uh, homeworld of the Chiss. I think that'd be cool. Mm. It's also the first episode we see the modified clone armour in their, uh, their snow armour. Their, oh. snow, their snow costume. On that episode? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
All right. Uh, Raspar 6. What's special about him? So, he is the same race, like I said, Celestian, as they were talking about Neon Numb. Uh, they're usually good guys, but obviously uh, Old Mate here is very well versed in the art of business and uh, backstabbing. So, he's just looking in for, for the money. And at the end of the episode, he does pop up and uh, she's coming after him. Uh, Fennec's coming after him because he, he let them get away. Yeah, but see, also with the... the uh Betrayal of the Celestian being uh, this, oh no, underworldy sort of character, you know, doing all that kind of business. We also see that with clone Captain Gregor, the the character that found him after his ship crashed was also Celestian and basically used him as yeah. a, as his own little person, personal kitchen slave. That's right, he was the chef. That's correct, yep. Yeah. So we see Fennec Shand uh, return from Mandalorian. Uh, we see, it says, we find a younger Shand operating as an elite bounty hunter. I, look, well, the, a, the actress that plays her, yeah. uh, Ming, Ming Wei, I yeah. think it is, she's almost 60. And she's still looking pretty good. She looks mighty fine. Yeah. So I don't have much of an issue with that she looks the way she does pretty much in this as she does in Mandalorian. She's obviously uh, well put together and she don't age that well. That she's, also, she's also got a very good reputation for herself because Din Djarin... You know, basically says... Um, he, knew, he, he knew who she was, right? Yeah, of course yeah. he did. He, that's what he said to the young rookie. Um, if uh, if you go up against her, don't expect to see the morning. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. don't expect to see the dawn. Yep. Some familiar vehicles we see pop up, which uh, is the uh, a couple of the speeder bikes and cars. I think there's a BARC uh, speeder bike pop up. I think it might. Is that the one that the bark speeder bike hunters riding? Uh, no, he, he, he's just in a normal speeder. Okay, and it almost reminds me of uh, the one that Soka was using in Coruscant after she uh, left the order in season seven. Yeah, right. So the uh, police bikes apparently were very similar to uh, the type of speeder that Count Dooku was using that we see on Geonosis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we again see a Lothcat in the episode, which uh, the. That's just a name for the cat, but they're called a tooker, and they are native to Lothal. Lothal. Uh, we see a couple of them hiding. Uh, we see a grand, so it's nice to see some old classic characters, uh, alien characters pop up. I, th- I think there's a couple of them uh, was in Return of the Jedi in Jabba's Palace. We've seen a grand. Uh, the little Stormtrooper doll. Uh, well, it was clone it was Trooper because yeah. you know, they were still clones at that time. Yep, so we see them pop up in Rogue One. Uh, with one of Jin's little toys. That was really cool, little nod. Uh, there was one really cool scene where we uh, got to see uh, an Aquilish and he's riding along in his car and he's totally oblivious because he's got the music pumping yeah, yeah. and he's sitting there having a little dance. I thought that was funny as shit. I thought that was a great little episode. That was really cool. That's just full cruise and cruise in the strip just listening to your, beating out your favourite intergalactic tunes Yeah, like all this... You know, hell's going on behind you. Laser, get laser gun fights. You know, crazy. All right, so I got some names for the, the droids that popped up. So the the C three PO lookalike was CG sixty seven. Yep. Uh, Clink was the name of the droid with the arms and legs. Uh, the the other two were called two two five and DK three, and they were both astromech droids, not too Clink, <laughs> uh, dissimilar from R two D two. So. Clink was the one. He he's popped up in something else. Uh, he was a droid name for another 
uh, character in another book. I think it was old EU. Yep. Uh, some where some of the best things are. Yeah. So obviously restraining bolts were another thing that popped up. That's always popped up in Star Wars. And like I said, the the the, the chase through the streets of Pantora was very uh, reminiscent of uh, yeah. Attack of the Clones. So, all right. Well, That's pretty much everything we need to say about that. Well, yeah. At least you can kind of say, go back to the start of the episode where um, Tech has gone through all the chatter on all the on all the clone net, um, basically saying, yeah, there's a there's a ship out for... That's um, there's a warranty out for our ship, and that's where they, you know, they they really get into the fact they need to land somewhere. Yeah, and they 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 quant- they, they have a a planet in mind, an unha- uninhabited planet, um, but they can't quite get there. They don't have enough fuel or supplies to lay low for the period of time they they require. So that's where they do make the decision to land on um on Pantora. I always find it funny with the whole fuel situation with Star Wars, like. It must take a shit ton of fuel to jump into hyperspace, right? Yeah, you'd think so. So, well, they've they've jumped from near wild space, far outer rim Camino, to an, to um another planet which is mid rim, back to back to outer rim Camino, and then from outer rim Camino outer rim Camino to all these other planets that they're currently going through with a, you know, episode two and three and now four. Like I said, the, the whole petrol thing. <laughs> well, on, being on the run, money's a very important issue. Yeah. And I think this is kind of leading up to the, into maybe into another episode, um, the whole issue behind trying to gain credit so they can sufficiently keep running. Well, I guess how would they get money now? Like, Well, I'm, I'm kind of going off what uh, the, the money that you see, you know, is it tech? And uh, Wrecker hand over to yeah they they gave old uh, Respar six yeah some so obviously they've somehow either because you know I don't think they were Republic credits they obviously there must be Imperial imp- new Imperial credits. Do you reckon they got like an allowance like the, uh, the when they're on Camino they like given an allowance? I'd they assume they'd have buy to buy ha- some rec items. I assume that for, even for special forces they would have had to go behind enemy lines or even blend into surroundings or even specialist units. I'm sure they would have having to get, would have had to have given them some form of currency for um for issues like this in case you know they're not able to get back in conventional ways to their units to or to friendly planets. Yeah, yeah surely have to be. But then you know they were at that spaceport not long ago. Um, Tech was going through a lot of a lot of stuff. Even Echo Echo could have pinched a, a ton of um, credits being seen though he was in like the uh, the control tower part. Where it was all being handed out of, out of, swapped over chain codes, credits. He could have picked up a ton of them. All right, how many buckets? Yeah, this one I'll pr- I'll probably give a a seven. I'll give it a seven. Seven buckets. Yeah, gonna go with a six. Six. I don't know. These, these episodes to me still are feeling like fillers so much. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not getting that main story thing like I got from the first step they did for it. Well, they're definitely dragging it out over sixteen episodes. Yeah. So. We're probably going to see quite a few of these like fillery feeling episodes. Well, 16's a pretty even number. Maybe every four episodes we might get sort of filler episodes with, you know, content that we can take out of it. And then, you know, the next episode along we can get some pretty epic sort of storytelling. Yeah. And when I 
when you like, yeah, like the whole fillery thing, it is interesting because these episodes are almost as long as what the Mandalorian episodes are. I'm pretty sure. Well, oh, well yeah, they're longer. Twenty. These are twenty-five. I think this one, last one, is twenty-five minutes. What was the Mando episodes? They went like about between thirty-one to forty-two minutes. Or something. Okay, so they were a little yeah. bit longer. But I think we also we always wanted it to be longer than what they were. Yeah, course. we just presumed that it would be an hour-long episode yeah. for them. But it wasn't. But okay. So what I was getting at was like, they've got to draw this out over 16 episodes and they're going to have to put in some episodes where they go on little adventures. Uh, which is just strange because like, what I'm thinking of is usually when they make a, a cartoon series, they, they've got the, the station or the the distribution point would say you have to make 22 episodes and then that that's when they start doing these filler episodes because they need to make 22. But Disney Plus are providing the platform themselves so they can really like fill these episodes with as much stuff as they want to jam-pack it with well, like it's, stuff. Well, it's extra content people can take you out of it. Um, extra exactly. stories, extra characters. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I'll give them more buckets if they give me more wrecker interaction. Yeah, I think we will. I, I think he's great. Yeah, so I just hope they expand more on his character, more than just this. No, that's that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Um, and uh, they have to a degree. They've they've definitely expanded on him more than. Well, I was hoping for that. Instead of just being Hulk smash, big dumb brute. Yeah, yeah, he's coming out of the woodwork as yep. being someone who's more caring and. Yep. Yeah. Now uh, it'd be really cool by the end of the series that all these characters have changed significantly in some way which is the dream for every character right you want it to start somewhere and end somewhere else totally yeah, different. yeah definitely so one thing that I thought of while I was watching it I would love to see Omega get her own little suit of armour oh yeah that'd be cool wouldn't that be cool well when you really think about it you know we've seen this previous um, especially in Attack of the Clones is the clones in their tr- in their uh, their cadet clothes their pajamas, as you might say, which which we kind of come to know them as, um, we kind of see uh, you know Omega in her version of it. I guess her yeah. just her just plain just walking around unkitted cl- costume. I think just a little like scavenge put together. They start sort of you know putting her her own little because they all wear the armor because that yeah. apparently protects them unless you get a bolt to the chest and it melts straight through and it's useless. But I I, I would really like to see her her design progress where she's starting to be a bit more part of the team. Well, they're going to have to do a lot of modifications because uh, she's rather rather young. That's all right. They'll work it out. Yeah. Star Wars. But, you know, that is an interesting concept to say, will we get, an, um, will Omega get clone armour? Or her ver- her variant of armour? It doesn't armor. have to be clone armour, just any armour. Yeah. It's, the, it's more than just wearing the, the same, whatever it is she, the, she wears, as a little jackety thing. Yeah, that's very true. So what's your... Uh, bucket rating for this one uh he doesn't like to give his I ratings i don't, don't give ratings um, but what do you no, i will buckets you're asking us we want your buckets yeah, yeah no, but i asked the questions here buckets will <laughs> no um they won't i i i i reckon out of 10 this episode i did like it i it there was a few parts that uh hit me in the feels there's a few little good yep. good good moments where i was like oh that's cool I reckon I'll give it eight. Yeah, eight, cool. eight out of ten. Um, it's up there. I enjoyed it. Yep. I didn't find it as fillery as what uh, as what you did, but I can see why. It certainly leaves a good uh, feeling 
watching yeah. it and like, oh, I want to see more. I want to know where they're going. Well, it's a consistent thing that we've seen, I find, so far that we've found in the in the Clone Wars, in Rebels itself, and now with the Bad Batch, is as much, as far as each season kind of spreads over, they're not just throwing in like epic battles that happen all the time. They're throwing in other things that are happening, that are happening in the same sort of time stream around, around all these event, grand events that we see. You know, people living normal sort of lives, busy lives, struggling lives. Um, and it's cool to see that side of it as all these other big, massive events are playing out. Yep. And that's something that I've always wanted to see with, with Star Wars was um, what's going on in the normal lives. Like, uh, yeah. I remember when I, in Mandalorian, when they went to uh, uh, Tithol. Oh, Tython. Tython. That's right. Tython. Yep. There was no civilization. It was just a big old forest, and then there happened to be these uh, Jedi ruiny temple things, which weren't really ruins or temples, but there was nothing there. Like, how did he know to go there? Like, it was very yeah. specific. I guess Ahsoka give, gave him directions that we weren't privy to, and, you know, we weren't told about where to go exactly, but I just felt like it would have been cool if there was a little bit of civilization there a little bit. Well, I know that costs money. Yeah. Well, Typhon's supposed to be um, one of the original Jedi temples. Well, that's what she said, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Ahsoka said that, that it's a, a Jedi site, but it was just a bunch of rocks, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what they say most of it started from was there, and then the uh, the Jedi had their little uh, civil war, and, you know, apparently the Sith broke away. Yeah. You know, all these little extra things. It just would have been cool maybe if that, that sort of thing was like it was actually a temple. Yep. And you had to get into the temple. I don't know. I don't make stuff. Yeah. I just watch it. Um, so what do you, what do you feel... What can we expect from episode five, you reckon? And uh, hopefully they, we get a little bit of misdirection and we we get sort of informed who who is coming after the different factions. I think there's more than one faction coming after Omega. I think there's things we don't know yet uh, as to who uh, Fennec is working for. I think it might be a bit of a surprise. I think the, the uh, Camonians... <laughs> Uh, I think they definitely want her back. I think she is the one that they want. And like I said, it's because she has the traits of all four. She's their ticket. She's their golden ticket. Yeah. Uh, I would also but I would also like to think that it, maybe it's Boba. I think we talked about that a little bit. Well, he'd be um, in his um, mid-teens now, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll see Boba. But Rex is coming up, so I'm keen to see uh, where Rex is at. And uh, if that's the next episode, I'll be pretty happy with that. I still reckon he's going from planet to planet. Finding people who are like-minded, um, or even some of his clone brothers—you never know. Yeah. Well, we we kind of do know after seeing Rebels, but yeah, you know, I guess this is—you might see um, a part of his journey uh, post Order Sixty Six, yeah. which would be which is pretty cool. I'm keen for that. Yeah. Uh, I think from the, <coughs> the preview photos we've seen, he's in his armor still. He's still got the yeah uh, armor on. Yeah. Um, Nice to see some more costumes. Well, uh, we've seen old man Rex, which is basically broken down bits of his armor. Yeah, he's got um, a chest plate and forearms. I think chest plate, forearms, and shins, yeah. and his and his uh, equipment belt. Yeah, we never know. We might get a another answer as to where Wolf and Gregor and all that ended up before so. we saw him again in Rebels and their yeah. worm fishing. Well, I, I have a, a feeling that we might see that pop up in this. That'd be cool. Yeah, 
Well, you kind of you can you can see that uh, Wolf doesn't execute Order sixty six on Plo Koon, who was his, you know, Jedi Master. It's all who we generically see them always pitted with each other as the wolf pack, you know, because mm. um, we see Plo Koon get shot down in his fighter. Yeah, so it wasn't Wolf that was doing it. But then I guess we've got to find out if... There's always the possibility that there was clones that figured out the whole uh, chip thing before Order 66 as well. Like, that's always an opportunity that those stories could be told where there is some clones that already broke away. Already uh, broke away or worked out after the fact of what happened and they've kind of come out of their spell a little, a little bit and, and worked out what's going on. And they, they don't like the fact of being controlled. Maybe they want to reach this freedom that they fought so hard for being part of the Republic. Yep. All right, very cool. Uh, one thing I'd probably... I, I know Omega's, she's at the moment the only female good character. I would like to see some more female characters pop up uh, that are regulars on the show. I know it's a bunch of dudes, but I just... Uh, even though the whole sequel trilogy was based around a female character to a degree, uh, I'd like yeah. to see a female character again uh, working with these guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, or some further progress, uh, character progressiveness with um, Omega. Yep. All right, cool. Once again, Bad Batch Talk. The Bad Batch Talk. Yeah. So if you're uh, enjoying what you've been listening to and want to hear more, or maybe you want to hear more content or different sort of conversations, part of the Bad Batch Talk, just let us know on our platform so you can find us on Spotify. We also have the links up on Facebook. Uh, TikTok and uh, Instagram. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put some of that in the in the text in the description of the episode. Yep. Uh, so we just we, we want to hear your feedback. If um if you want to give us yeah, for sure. give us more feedback, we can chat about chat about or expand on certain sort of chats. And I want to have another um, uh, Star Wars waffle episode where we can just yeah. talk rubbish for an hour. Uh, that's always fun. Hopefully not. Don't we? Doing that normally through these episodes, and then you have to cut it all out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, he's got the tangent. He's got the tangent button. Yeah, I'll have to add that in later. Yeah, saving finding it. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. So, uh, but a, a normal waffle would be fine. Yeah, preferably not late night on a Friday night where we're both tired after a long week of work. Yeah, that was a great episode. <laughs> yeah, I brought out some of the classic voices. The the English was very lacking. Oh, it was horrible. That was good. I loved it. I loved it. Cool, cool. All right, this has been Bad Batch Talk with uh, DBC. <laughs> Drop Air Company, oh. check us out. Something we need to do soon is get back into our armour and do some more Indeed. Uh, 500 firsting. Thanks for listening. We will catch you on the next one. May the force be with you. Oh, always. Always.